Pagrette by Kate Chopin. Mademoiselle Arlie possessed a good strong figure, ruddy cheeks, hair that was changing from brown to gray, and a determined eye. She wore a man's hat about the farm, and an old blue army overcoat when it was cold, and sometimes top boots. Mademoiselle Arlie had never thought of marrying. She had never been in love. At the age of twenty, she had received a proposal, which she had promptly declined, and at the age of fifty, she had not yet lived to regret it. So she was quite alone in the world, except for her dog, Ponto, and the negroes who lived in her cabins and worked her crops, and the fowls, a few cows, and a couple of mules, her gun, with which she shot chicken hawks, and her religion. One morning, Mademoiselle Arlie stood upon her gallery, contemplating with arms akimbo a small band of very small children who, to all intents and purposes, might have fallen from the clouds. So unexpected and bewildering was their coming, and so unwelcome. They were the children of her nearest neighbor, Odelay, who was not such a great neighbor after all. The young woman had appeared but five minutes before, accompanied by these four children. In her arms she carried little Lodi, she dragged Tinemi by an unwilling hand, while Marclean and Marcelette followed with irresolute steps. Her face was red and disfigured from tears and excitement. She had been summoned to a neighboring parish by the dangerous illness of her mother. Her husband was away in Texas. It seemed to her a million miles away, and Valsine was waiting with the mule cart to drive her to the station. It's no question, Mademoiselle Arlie. You just got to keep those youngsters for me till I come back. To say it, I wouldn't bother you with them if it was any other way to do. Make em mine, you. Mademoiselle, don't spare em. Me there, I'm half crazy between the children and oh law not at home and maybe not even to find poor mamma alive encore. A harrowing possibility which drove utterly to take a final hasty and convulsive leave of her disconsolate family. She left them crowded into the narrow strip of shade on the porch of the long, low house. The white sunlight was beating in on the white old boards. Some chickens were scratching in the grass at the foot of the steps, and one had boldly mounted and was stepping heavily, solemnly, and aimlessly across the gallery. There was a pleasant odor of pinks in the air, and the sound of Negro's laughter was coming across the flowering cotton field. Mademoiselle stood contemplating the children. She looked with a critical eye upon Marceline, who had been left staggering beneath the weight of the chubby Lodi. She surveyed with the same calculating air Marcelette, mingling her tears with the audible grief and rebellion of Tinami. During those few contemplative moments, she was collecting herself, 
determining upon a line of action which should be identical with a line of duty. She began by feeding them. If Mademoiselle Arlie's responsibilities might have begun and ended there, they could easily have been dismissed. For her, larder was amply provided against an emergency of this nature. But little children and not little pigs, they require and demand attention which were wholly unexpected by Mademoiselle Arlie, and which she was ill-prepared to give. She was indeed very inapt in her management of Odalie's children during the first few days. How could she know that Marcelette always wept when spoken to in a loud and commanding tone of voice? It was a peculiarity of Marcelette's. She became acquainted with Tienemi's passion for flowers only when he had plucked all the choicest gardenias and pinks for the apparent purpose of critically studying their botanical construction. To ain't enough to tell em, Mademoiselle Arley, Marceline instructed her. You got the time in a chair. It's what Mama do all the time. Do when he's bad. She time in a chair. The chair in which Mademoiselle Arley tied Tinami was roomy and comfortable, and he seized the opportunity to take a nap in it. The afternoon being warm, at night, when she ordered them one and all to bed, as she would have shooed the chickens into the hen house, they stayed uncomprehending before her. What about the little white nightgowns that had to be taken from the pillow slip in which they were brought over, and shaken by some strong hand till they snapped like ox whips? What about the tub of water, which had to be brought and set in the middle of the floor? in which the little, tired, dusty, sun-brown feet had every one to be washed sweet and clean, and it made Marceline and Marcelette laugh merrily, the idea that Mademoiselle Arlie should for a moment have believed that Tinami could fall asleep without being told the story of Croquet Metaine, or Loup Garou, or both, or that Lodi could fall asleep at all without being rocked and sung to 